Isn't it great to be together? And I'm thankful because God's so working so strongly. He's helping me to bring the word to you now. Because look what he's done to us already. Look what he's spoken. Look at the, yeah. Look at what he's done. Don't look out there and get distracted by this amazing scenery. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, we, we. Uh, <laughs> I often say to guys, sure, if you live in Cape Town area, it must be hard to think of the nations and go out to the nations when you live here. Where we are in Mazabuka, uh, it's a farming community, and we actually meet in the Mazabuka Turf Club. And uh, out our windows, we've got uh, to compete, not with this beautiful view, but we have got competition. We've got horses and a big polo field. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I've learned to uh, bring the word in such circumstances. But uh, yeah, we, we trust that God leads us. Just uh, in obedience to you know, what the Lord was saying, also through that prophetic word, I, I just felt also tying into what I'm going to share with you this morning, uh, a passage from Isaiah 53, the suffering servant our lord and it says in verse 11 after he suffered he will see the labor of his soul and be satisfied he will see the reward of his suffering and be satisfied remember Isaiah's prophesying to what jesus was going to do and what now he has done and for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame but yeah what strikes me and I was reminded about that this morning. He will see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. And Tommy was just sharing about what he has done in order for you and I to be adopted into his family, to be made in a growing representation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Only possible because of what he endured and went through. The price paid. And another word that came, you are mine. We are slaves of the Lord Jesus Christ, yet free. He has paid the highest price. And I'm going to share a word that, yeah, hopefully it's challenging because it's the word of the Lord Jesus. And you're going to hear some words, and I'm going to say it with a smile on my face, but I know that the Lord will challenge and his word will cut to the heart. I want to share about the cost of discipleship, the cost of following Jesus. And I've got a, quite an amusing passage to start with in uh, Luke chapter 9, when the sons of thunder, as they're known, James <laughs> and John, call down, well, they want to call down fire from heaven. And I just want to read the first part from Luke chapter 9, verse 51. As the day of his ascension approached, the day of his ascension approached, what comes before the ascension? Towards the cross. But as the day of ascension approached, just beyond the cross, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And that strikes me. Jesus, our God, resolutely sets out for Jerusalem. Whenever you see the amazing things and hear what Jesus did when he walked on this earth, we always need to remember he is God, but he's also 100% man. And don't think that, oh, well, that's Jesus. You know, he's God. He can do that. He resolutely. What does resolute mean? It means determined. Nothing was going to move him from that course. 
His whole purpose to come to the earth was to go through that cross and then be resurrected. That was his purpose. And we're going to see some major conflicts of kingdom happening, even in the story as it unfolds with Luke chapter 9. But as this day of ascension approached, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messengers on ahead who went into a village of the Samaritans. Remember the Samaritans? Yeah, they didn't like the Jews. The Jews didn't like the Samaritans. Complete different cultures, conflict. But Jesus, he would have known that. He sent the messengers on ahead who went into a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But the people there refused to welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. If you look back in Luke chapter 9, he's just sent out the disciples. Go out, heal the sick, proclaim the good news. He's just done that. And these disciples have gone out. Later in Luke chapter 10, he sends out the 72, and it's growing as we know that God in this church is growing his family of disciples who are going out. But he's just sent them out. And he's told them instructions. When you, when you go into a village, if they don't welcome you, shake the dust off your feet. <laughs> Wipe it off as a testimony against them. But then go on to the next village. Now here, they come to a Samaritan village on the road to Jerusalem. And they reject Jesus. So James and John, you must have, must have been thinking, yeah, yeah, what? They're rejecting. Don't, don't these guys know who we're with? Lord, at least they ask Lord, the Lord. Lord, shall we not call down fire from heaven? <laughs> hey? Don't these guys realize who they're rejecting? <laughs> Lord, can't we do this? They've already experienced the authority, the delegated authority. They've been given by the Lord to go and pray for the sick and Bring the kingdom of God so, you know, they, they, they want to please the Lord. Don't you want to please the Lord? Yes, we do. But we can also make completely big mistakes. And I, I'm reminded, sure, things have changed a lot since 1905 when we first went up to Zambia. But uh, one of the things that have changed is uh, uh, we've got speed traps. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I speak the language, uh, which is very unusual for a, a white person to speak the local language in Zambia. And so my name's traveled around a lot, and so people know. So it's a bit embarrassing when you get the words ah, it translated in English. Ah, we've caught the pastor again. <laughs> so I was thinking about the shame. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, you take. <laughs> but uh, I've also learned the way of... You don't, you don't go angry and say, no, it's not, you, you must have got it wrong. And no, let me see your speedo. And uh, you look down, take your time, look to the ground, <laughs> look at the right, have the right posture, <laughs> have a repentant heart, even, even say, I'm really sorry, hoping that he's going to, um, yeah, scrap it, yeah. But uh, it is, unfortunately, very corrupt. And uh, there is temptation as you see people come past you, literally just giving the money that they want, non-receipted, and you know what non-receipted means, but you know that they know that you know <laughs> you're a pastor, so you can't do that route, and so the receipted way takes a long time. But anyway, you kind of think, you know, where's this money going anyway? It's just it's so crooked, and I'm a child of God, and uh, I want to call down uh, some, <laughs> some thunder, some fire. <laughs> Don't these guys know? And... Yeah, 
But again, like every day, every day, pick up your cross and follow me. The temptation rises, but I remember I'm crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. There's a cost to following Jesus. It's a, a cost that kind of says <laughs> no reserves, no retreat, and no regrets. No reserves, no second plan, no kind of thinking of pension fund approach. <laughs> well, once I get sorted and I have a pension, then I have time, then I'll go to the nations. <laughs> There's urgency about the now. As we hear Jesus' words, open your eyes and look to the harvest fields. They are ripe. Don't say four months more. It's just the, the kind of commitment that God requires of us, that our Lord Jesus requires of us, is total. And we'll see now. Look at James and John. They get it wrong too, as we do. And he's going to give some very, very challenging words that's coming up now. But remember, these guys, even the disciples, messed up. Look at Peter. And we're going to focus on some of the words and the exchange of Peter with Jesus. And you'll be encouraged. So Jesus turned and rebuked them. And he said to his disciples, and he and his disciples went on to another village on their way to Jerusalem. Remember, he's still resolute. He resolutely set out to Jerusalem. So now James and John receive a rebuke. How good are you, how good are you at receiving a rebuke? <laughs> Just think about that. How do you receive it? You want to defend yourself. You want to say, no, 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 I'm not like that, you know? I mean, we James and John, we, 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 you want to see, you saw the miracles, you saw the demons come out <laughs> in your name, but you, know, you want to defend. Hold that thought about the rebuke because it comes back, interestingly, a little bit later. Luke chapter 9, verse 22, just a bit earlier on. Jesus begins to teach, and he reminds, he says it twice, or two or three times, definitely twice, just in Luke chapter 9, he says these words. Luke chapter 9, verse 22, the Son of Man, the Son of Man, our Lord Jesus, the Son of Man must suffer many things. He must be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the scribes, and he must be killed, and on the third day, raised to life. So, of course, we, we know, that's what happened, yes, we are, that's right. But again, as these disciples heard these words, what would you have thought in response to Jesus? They, they already believed, they knew that Jesus was God. Peter himself was the one who said, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. And, and Jesus, you are blessed, Peter, because this was not revealed to you by man. And on this rock, I'll build my church. Already he was calling out calling for Peter's life. But Peter realized who God was. He knew that. But to hear these words, the Son of Man must suffer. The Son of Man must die. The Son of Man must be handed over to the scribes and the teachers, handed over into the hands of men. And then it's said actually a second time in Luke chapter 9, a reminder Just quickly to what Matthew says, and Matthew includes the response that you know from Peter. When Jesus was telling them about how he must suffer, 
This is how Peter, and Peter loves Jesus, hey? This is how Peter responded. Matthew 16, verse 22. Luke doesn't record it, but it's, it's right at this time. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now who's rebuking who? James and John just received a rebuke. Peter would have been there. He would have seen that. Now, in the same time frame in the story unfolding, as Jesus is resolutely setting out for Jerusalem, his main purpose unfolding, this is the time when the hour of man will be at hand. The hour of the Son of Man will be at hand. And this is what Jesus uh, sorry, this is what Peter did. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Far be it from you, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Do you think he said that lightly? He said it firmly, with conviction. Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen. What's this? This suffering you're talking about. This handed, being handed over into the hands of men. This talk of being killed. This shall never happen. And before you think, well, how could he say that? What would you have done as you love Jesus? And he tells you this message that the Son of Man must suffer. The Son of Man must be handed over into the hands of men. The Son of Man must be crucified. You would say, no, Lord, no, no. I'm not going to let that happen. I love you. You, you are Lord. I'm not going to let it happen. But Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Now who's rebuking who? Now it's even worse, like, get behind me, Satan. And he's not looking, Jesus is not looking behind Peter, he's looking straight at Peter, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because you do not have in your mind the things of God, but the things of man. And what are the things of man? What is Peter thinking? He's thinking how we do think. Preservation, me, and looking after self. Look, Jesus, we love you. You can't be harmed. You mustn't suffer. No. But the whole gospel is that Christ is the Lamb of God. And he's laid down his life for us. And it was meant to be from before the foundation of this world. But he didn't get it. As much as he loved Peter, uh, Peter loved Jesus. As, love, as much as he was zealous, he didn't get it. I'm sure he got it then. But that's the conflict of the kingdom. That's the conflict. And that's something that we don't just go through once. It's ongoing. It's ongoing as we seek his kingdom first. Just between when Jesus started teaching about now and telling them he must suffer, we have the transfiguration. The transfiguration on the mount. Peter and James and John are up there. And you know what they're discussing? When his clothes became white and shining, and the glory of the Lord was there. They're discussing with Moses and Elijah how the departure of Jesus. That's what they're discussing because he's on the way now to Jerusalem where he will depart after, <laughs> after suffering. And that's when God the Father said, This is my son. Listen to him. Listen to him. We have to really open the eyes of our heart and listen with our spirit to what the Lord says to us. Because it's so often so contrary to what we would think. I, was, I used to think when, when I got malaria for the first time, uh, we were on a mission trip coming from Zambia to Zim, I thought, but Lord, why, I'm not supposed to get malaria. I've already made the decision. I'm following you. 
<laughs> do you hear what I'm saying? You think, you think no, this is not, this is not supposed to happen to me. You know, I've already made, I've already counted the cost. You know, I've left my family, left, left South Africa. <laughs> but in the laying down of our lives, we know that it's a struggle. We know that we hear the words that Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So lift up your heads. <laughs> Don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. No retreat. No retreat. No retreat. It reminds me, yeah, I think it's Hebrews 10, 38. My righteous one will live by faith. But if he shrinks back, I'll not be pleased with him. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Yeah. So, coming back to our text from Luke chapter 9. Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. Second time he's saying it. And Jesus is even saying, listen carefully. Do you think when Jesus says something, we should listen carefully? And when Jesus says, listen carefully, <laughs> it's like, again, emphasis, and he's saying the same thing again. Listen carefully. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. And then comes this teaching. Verse 57 of Luke chapter 9. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. Okay. Why is the teaching? Was, as Jesus does, he uses what happens every day in their lives to bring teaching of the kingdom and there's a man who says i'll follow you wherever you go haven't you done that well i've done it lord wherever you go i'll go <laughs> in, in in excitement and in, in zeal i'll go wherever you go i call this response the the eager beaver disciple but you, you know that jesus is not into marketing because uh if i were jesus and thank the lord i am not <laughs> But if I were Jesus, I would not answer the way he answered this man. When I hear someone saying, I'll follow you wherever you go. If I had someone in our church, I'll follow you wherever you go. And you know that that's, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's what we want. Yeah. And you, be, you want to encourage him. And, and look how Jesus responds. Foxes have dens and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has no place to rest his head. How's that for marketing the kingdom of God? When you've got someone who says, I want to follow you wherever you go. That's what he says to the eager beaver disciple. It's not that he doesn't want him to follow him, but he just knows. He's just, what's in your heart? What are you expecting when you follow me? And the world today, even using the Christian word as a broad term, they think that, well, if I follow him, then he will do much for me. <laughs> and the whole the whole approach to God is, you know, what can God do for me? And we're created for him. And when we say, I'll follow you wherever you go, do we know what we are saying? Do we know what we're expecting? Because if we're expecting what the world is teaching us, the world is, well, then if you follow God, then he's going to do all these wonderful things to you. And then you'll get disillusioned very quickly. Because what does a bird want? A nest. What does a fox want? Of course, a den. That's a place of security. That's rest. That's looking after me. And Jesus says, I've got no place to even rest my head. So when you say, I'll follow you wherever you go, that's great. 
But you know what you're saying? Are you counting the cost of following Jesus? Then the duty first disciple. Now it gets even harder. <laughs> he said to another man, this is Jesus, follow me. So the first guy, he's the eager beaver. He says, I'll follow you wherever you go. Now, just after that, another lesson. He said to another man, Jesus actually, now is calling, follow me. Haven't you felt, Lord, I just love for you to personally, I know you're saying your word, I must follow you. And I know that your word is, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. But Lord, when you just, just confirm it in my heart, I want to hear you say, follow me. Jesus says to someone, follow me. And this is how he replied. And gee, I, would have re I, I could reply like that. Lord, first let me go and bury my father. First thing I'll be thinking, what? His father's just died. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, go bury your father. I mean, that's serious. Yeah. Do you want me to come with? <laughs> do, do you hear what I'm saying? What does Jesus say? Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. That's, so just when you start to think now, but this is just impossible. This is too hard. You, you are actually starting to understand by the Spirit of God. Because to follow Jesus Christ, you cannot do it in your own strength. It's only the life of Jesus living through you. It's only him. And it's only him who will get the glory. And he's not saying that a funeral is not important in any way. But what is the, a key value? We're celebrating family now. A key value is family. He's not saying that. But he's going to the heart issue when he knows what's behind there. And what he's saying to this duty-first disciple is that you can't actually be my disciple if you've got something else that's more important and more pressing, whatever it might be, than me. That's the duty-first disciple that we need to learn from. Then the family-first disciple. He thought this was hard. Still another said, still another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Again, if I were Jesus, yeah, of course, go back and say goodbye. I'm so glad you want to follow me, you know, do, do you hear? <laughs> I mean, we're looking for converts, we're looking for disciples, man. If someone says, yes, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I'll be there praying, you know, Lord, help him as <laughs> he said goodbye to his family. How does Jesus respond? No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Okay. Jesus is the only one who has perfectly plowed his way through his life, called through Jerusalem, through the crucifixion, through the ascension. He said it is finished. He, had, he has done it. He plowed perfectly. He towed the line. And in Zambia, we see it all the time. It's, you know, oxen pulling that plow. And the person driving the plow behind needs to follow. It's, not, it's quite hard work, even though the oxen's pulling. But uh, when you see a line that's going like this, 
you don't complain with the oxen, you know, what was that guy doing behind the plow when his line is going like this? And Jesus is saying to this person who wants to go back to his family to say goodbye. Again, he's not undermining family in any way. We're looking at the cost of following Jesus. And what happens is when the people close to us even, and I, yeah, I had hard, hard opposition from my own family when, and I, I love my wife so much, and I, I, I was newly married, and now I'm saying to her parents, we're going to Zambia. It's, it's hard. It's hard. And my parents were just thinking all the time, just, just rejecting it totally. We know the stories when, when someone of the Muslim faith becomes a believer. What happens to the family? Now, there's, there's, if, if, if you put your family first and you, even the people are close, you can't be a disciple. There are decisions you need to make. There are things you need to lay down. Putting the hand to the plow. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service. Now, as I say that, I know that you and me, we have, even if we've been Christians, followers of Jesus, we have turned to the side. Peter did that. James and John did that. The disciples is full of the stories of these guys. They're real, but they made mistakes. Peter denied Jesus. But it's true. We're not fit when we turn back. So Lord Jesus, thank you that you've given me my life. And I am not my own. I belong to you. Help me by your spirit to put to death the misdeeds of the body when I'm trying to turn to the side and the distractions. And I'm not focused all out for you. Because I want to, in your strength, hold the line and plow straight through to the calling of my life for you, however long it takes, so that in the end, I will hear, by grace, but with fear and trembling, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, how then we bring much glory to him. And that's what you and I are made for, to bring glory to him. Look what he said to the one he said, follow me. First, Go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, proclaim the kingdom of God. That's the urgency. Even above bearing his own father. You see the kingdom perspective. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. There is a massive cost. It costs everything. It costs everything. But it's worthy. It's, it's, he's worthy and it's worth it. I said no retreat. <laughs> no looking to the side. When you retreat, or even look to the side, it is retreating. Think about what you'll do with your plow line. No regret. Jesus, we know in Hebrews, for the joy set before him, he endured this cross, scorning its shame because he became shamed for us. He took on our shame on us as he took on the sin that we deserve. (laughs) The punishment for sin that we deserve. For the joy set before him, though, he endured the cross. For the joy set before you, (laughs) we can endure the cross. He's done it once and for all. But he says, if anyone wants to follow me, 
he must deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow me. Don't just think, oh, I picked up my cross in 1993 when I first believed. <laughs> well, where is it now? <laughs> we don't carry it around saying, oh, look at me, I follow Jesus. <laughs> but it's a cost. It's a cost. But there's great joy. No regrets. No regrets. Do you know that some of the most glorious moments of your life, when you bring the most glory to God, is when you are suffering. Now, God heals and restores from pain and suffering, yes, but that's part of our walk. Don't be confused when you get malaria and you think, no, but I've decided to follow Jesus. <laughs> Do you hear? Still have the faith to pray that be healed. <laughs> but if you're not healed, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You've called me. And just to, just to come back to Peter, just because we love his zeal, I, I get so encouraged because even, even as in his denial, later on we know what happens. They've, these words come from Luke 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked me to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. <laughs> and when you return, strengthen the brothers. So Peter, if you say to Peter, like Jesus said, you know, you, these, these teachings, life teachings to the people who said, I want to follow you, hold the line. What's Peter saying? Oh, I'm, I'll hold the line. I'm going to plow straight. I'm not going to look back. I'll go to prison for you. I'll die for you. Do we hear those words? And then he, he hears, you know, before the rooster crows. But here, in this word here, this is so encouraging to me in the cost and the trouble that lies ahead. Listen, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Have you seen wheat going through a combine harvester? It's, it's tough. <laughs> and again, if you were Jesus, what would you do? No, 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 wait. We don't want that difficulty to go to on Peter. No. Satan, you cannot sift him. But he doesn't answer that. He doesn't answer that. Sometimes God doesn't answer the prayers the way we want, but he does answer. And listen what he comes to. The, the faith that Peter himself later says, the faith of greater worth than gold. He says, I've prayed for you, Peter. I've prayed for you. Our intercessory Lord, who's praying right now for you interceding for you as you follow him <laughs> he's interceding for you i prayed for you that your faith may not fail and when you return even after what's going to happen the sifting and the denial when you return such confidence such authority of course as god but he's peter would have thought back and remembered those words when you return because he's peter he's a disciple he's one of the people of God. So, if those great men and women did great things, when he says to us, now go make disciples in the same way as we follow him, be encouraged. Hearing a hard word like that, but be encouraged, there's no regrets for the joy 
set before him, he endured the cross. And there's great joy. When you see the work of God in our lives that is really glorious, you, you attract people to him. They see the realness of Christ in you. They don't see the fake Jesus. They see the real Jesus when the real you has been crucified. So let this encourage you. But as we close now, just think of, yeah, I might be putting my, my head to the side a bit. God's calling you. What's, what's there? What have you been distracted about? Where, where are your eyes looking? Repent and believe. That's the good news. That's the, the, the good news of the gospel. Repent and believe. My zeal, where's that gone? Where's that first love gone? What's God called you to? We're all called, all of us, every single one. Everyone has been called to bring glory to him. And there's no glory in a life that's not laid down. That's just me, my comfort. So, if it's okay, Sean, I just pray. Is that all right? I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. But yeah, just the Holy Spirit's already been speaking so powerfully to us through that prophetic word. And that's what struck me that I repeated. I think it was when Tommy gave the interpretation, just the cost that was paid for us. And you are mine. <laughs> You're mine. So lift up your head. <laughs> lift up your head. Disciple of Jesus, lift up your head. Lift up your head. Don't, don't say four months more. Don't say, oh, first let me finish this, or first let me do this, then I'll really be serious about following you. No, now. 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 Lord, Thank you that indeed you are the lifter of our heads. Thank you for the great calling that you've given us, that you have said to any of us and every one of us who have put our trust and faith in you, Jesus, come follow me. Lord, help us to be real in our walk with you and help us to lay down our lives and even those areas in our lives that we know right now, they're not under your lordship. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. I don't want to be a fake. I don't want to be a fake. I don't want to say the right words but not really be there. Forgive me. Holy Spirit, rise up within me. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Where there's, yeah, even feeling of regret, that's not from, not from you. When we, when we trust you with all of our hearts, there's never regret. So thank you for your joy. Thank you for your joy. And I pray specifically that in our dying, in our dying to self, would your joy be even more evident in our lives? Lord, we want to bring glory to you. We want people to see the real you. And I pray specifically for that joy 
to flow in our lives. Thank you that you've paid it all so that we can follow and we can enjoy you and walking with you, following you all of our days until you come. In Jesus' name, amen.